Hey everybody, welcome to Grow Up, where we're healing the child within us while lovingly and respectfully raising the child that's in front of us. Are you ready? It's time to grow up. Welcome to episode number four. Thanks for being here. My name is Amy and I'm the host. Um, Yeah, I just wanted to kind of get on here and maybe do a quick episode for a change. (laughs) If you listen to the last episode, number three, about um, my trauma, it was a long one. It was a pretty heavy one. And I appreciate everybody who reached out afterward and wanted to connect about that story. And I just appreciate everybody holding space for me while I shared that with you. It was a lot. And I think as time goes on, I'm realizing more and more little pieces of the puzzle to bring that whole picture together and kind of unpack that backpack of trauma and everything else that I've been carrying since that experience. So I again, I just really appreciate everybody spending the time to listen to that episode fully and giving me your feedback. It really meant the world to me. So again, if you need to reach out and you want to share your story or you want to comment on something or if something you know, hits home for you, you can always reach out to me on Instagram at grow.up.ig or on Gmail at thegrowuppod at gmail.com. So this episode is kind of like a little stroke of, you know, inspiration. Sometimes that happens to me. Like sometimes I have all these well-laid plans for, oh, I should talk about this or like the progression. I'm like, okay, the last one's about trauma. So what should the next one be about? And then there's moments like last night where, you know, I get this little like lightning flash in my head and it's like that. You know, that's what we're going to talk about. I'm just feeling inspired by a situation that happened last night and wanted to share it with everybody. I think it's some like a nice little check-in and reminder. So as I mentioned in the last episode, I actually just launched a business and I am a hairstylist and I launched my own studio space for a salon, which is something that, you know, has been on my radar kind of, I guess, but nothing that I really you know, saw myself doing it, especially not any, any time in the near future, but Hey, you know, once in a blue moon, so they say, and I actually signed the lease for my space on a blue moon, which was very interesting. Um, so yeah, so I kind of launched myself into another project (laughs) and, uh, you know, rebooting of my career after COVID. So it's been a lot, but it's actually been weirdly, um, I'm, you know, I'm typically an anxious person, and I guess I didn't realize the day-to-day micro anxieties that I was carrying um, while in a larger salon atmosphere. And I think, especially on the heels of staying home with a toddler during, you know, COVID times, and how much I was carrying that way. So oddly, being in my own space with my control and just kind of one-on-one with my clients has been really, really peaceful in a weird way because I really was nervous about taking on too much and taking on a new business and you know doing all the things behind the scenes sometimes I just kind of want to like show up and do my job in a creative sense and I, I you know I'm my whole family you know if they're listening to this they're like oh yeah like I'm terrible absolutely terrible at numbers um so just the idea of like balancing books and orders and things like that just I think I was focusing too much on the negative that was holding me back and then realizing now that I'm in it how much more peace I'm able to give myself in my brain and kind of almost 
just being able to focus on the positive. So, so far, so good. It's been good. Yesterday, I was, it was a very busy day and it was my first time, you know, that I've been back at work that I've kind of gotten myself into a hair project. I had a color correction that was there for like the better half of my day and was, you know, decently difficult. But um, anyway, so I ended up going in early and kind of staying late last night and got home and was just, you know, I was hungry and I was tired and my my feet hurt and all the things that I remember from my busy days at the salon a couple of years ago. And my husband and I, we switch on and off bedtime. I guess that's the joys of having one child. Um, so we'll get my son ready for bed together and, you know, do that whole thing. But then when it comes to story time and tucking in and stuff, it's usually just a one-man job. And last night was my turn. And my husband offered to switch, you know, with me. It's not like he's like, it's your turn, get in there. But he um, offered to switch with me, but... You know, to be honest, I was like, would I rather clean up and like do the laundry or would I rather read a couple stories with my son? So sorry, Tom, you're hearing that now and you're like, oh, cool. So she was trying to get out of out of the adulting downstairs that needed to be done in our household and decided to do bedtime. But yeah, I decided to put my son to bed, even though I was exhausted and wanted to eat dinner. Um, and this is kind of where the inspiration for this episode came from, because, you know, My son picks out his three books, and um, there's one book in particular that he had chosen. It's called Never Play Music Right Next to the Zoo, which combines all of his favorite things, music, animals. um, And a funny backstory about this particular book, I love this book. Um, It's just cute. It's got cute rhymes and it's like dynamic and exciting, I feel like, to hold his attention. And But over the summer, we got my son into occupational therapy. And the occupational therapist that we were seeing was like roughly like a 25 to 30 minute drive away from our house, which I didn't mind doing because we absolutely loved them. They were such a wonderful, and we're actually planning to go back sometime in the next six months, but um, a wonderful resource. They were just so respectful and gentle with him. And he told me on numerous occasions, it was his very favorite place to go play because he had no idea that he was there for kind of like treatment. Um, so yeah, we didn't mind the drive. I wasn't working at the time. So it was actually, you know, kind of a nice escape to get in the car sometimes. And we, I had actually purchased, you know, trying to avoid all the little kids music that my son loves to listen to at times. Uh, I purchased a couple books on CD. (laughs) Remember those CDs? Um, Anyways, so this story actually came with like a a disc with it, with with it on CD. And so I think one day, like out of desperation, you know, I'm like, let's try this instead. So he latched on to the the audio version of this book. And I want to say the story itself, I mean... If the whole story takes 10 minutes, that would be a stretch, in my opinion. I would say it's probably like six minutes or something. They add some music in there. And um, actually, John Lithgow is the author, and he reads it. And he's actually, you know, because of his acting background, I would imagine, it's a kind of compelling, you know, I was like, oh, this is nice to listen to for maybe like the first 10 times. Then let me just explain to you that we were going to therapy twice a week for two to three months for a 30-minute drive each way, so like an hour in the car. 
And I am not exaggerating when I tell you that we listened to this Never Play Music Right Next to the Zoo audio book on repeat until maybe the last like three weeks of his treatment. So again, back to me being bad at math, I'm not going to do the math for you, but let's imagine that this story takes between five and 10 minutes on a 30 minute drive. That's like, you know, roughly like six to seven times in the car on repeat. And um, it was good because he enjoyed it and it kind of kept him occupied and because he, you know, sometimes can get ornery in the car and impatient and things like that. But, oh my gosh, I was ready to like chuck the CD out of the car. By the end, I'm like, oh my God, for the love of God, can we listen to like anything else? And that's not because the story is not great or the audiobook is not great because it actually is a really cute story. But so ever since then, I pretty much have like shelved that book like up high. I'm like, let's never read this like maybe for like another year or so because I just like can't anymore. So anyway, of course, what does he pick last night? Never play music right next to the zoo. Okay. So, you know, at this point, I didn't really care. I just was, we were buckling down to do bedtime. And we actually just redid my son's bedroom, um, kind of from his nursery style, you know, baby quote unquote room. And we upgraded him with his new bed and um, we upgraded everything to like this dinosaur theme, dinosaur decor, because, you know, I think you heard on one of my last episodes that he loves Halloween and probably just above Halloween, I would say, is how much he loves dinosaurs. So um, this, you know, we decided to decorate his dino room. So just to give a quick picture, we we purchased the like loft style bed for him. It's actually from Ikea, cheap and so, so cute. It can be, it's like reversible, which I know sounds really strange. Um, it can be almost like f- closer to the ground with tall posts up in the air, or you can flip it on those posts so it's a loft bed, but it's like a modified loft. So it's, I mean, I can stand, I'm five foot one and I can like lean over the edge to like give him a kiss. Um, it's like two or three rungs of a little kid's ladder. It's not very high. He loves it. Like he thinks it's just awesome. It's his big kid bed, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So that's great. So he's in this loft bed, but what we ended up doing was transforming the underneath part to almost like a book nook. So he has a little beanbag under there and some dinosaur stuffies and dinosaur pillows. And I found these cute little dinosaur like bistro lights and they're like strung up under the bed. And so that's where we go to read our stories now. And it's this cool little magical, you know, book nook cove situation. So I'm exhausted. He picks these books. I'm like, all right, come on, let's do this. Like, I'm just basically waiting to get downstairs, eat my dinner, lay on the couch, elevate my feet, like the whole nine, as I'm sure you all can imagine after a busy work day. And, um, you know, we start to read these books. Well, the first thing he wants to do is like he wanted to read music right next to the zoo. And instead of me reading it, he told me he wanted to read it, which you know, was fine. That usually is not the case. Like I kind of was like hesitant because usually that means he wants to like, you know, finagle another couple books in there because he thinks that that doesn't count because I didn't read them. And of course, we'd already been running late for bedtime, etc. So I was like, okay, you know, you can read this one, but that still counts as your three books, you know. Um, Gotta love the bartering at bedtime, right? So anyway, he decides he's going to read it. And 
he not only did he read it, but because of him recalling the way it was read in the audio version, he was singing it because it's like kind of sing-songy in the audio version. And like I said, they're playing music in the, next to the zoo. So there's a ton of like instruments playing and it like stops for musical interludes. And, and so he decides he wants to sing it. And so I'm sitting there and I'm kind of laid, laid back on the beanbag and he's sitting a little bit more in front of me and he's just reading this book and he's doing the sing song. And, um, you know, those moments as a parent and, and otherwise I'm sure too, but I'm going to relate this to a parenting perspective where, I don't know if you guys do this. I sometimes think that I have like this weird photographic memory So maybe this isn't common. I'm also a visual learner, I should say. So like, I'm very visual. And there's almost like these moments in time, and I can think of a couple just in the parenting realm of like the snapshot. I don't know why this is like making me like kind of weirdly emotional, which is kind of odd and like getting a little choked up. Um, Those like snapshots in time that you're like, I want to just remember this moment. And you feel like you kind of like, I don't know, like you're trying to like absorb as much of the five senses that you can in that moment to like, you're almost like in the moment thinking of making the memory of this moment. Does that make sense? I don't know. Um, That's kind of what I do, I guess. So I'll be like in this moment and I'm like, oh, this is something I'm going to want to remember. But not, I mean, I'm notorious for taking way too many photos. And I love doing that because looking back on those is really special to me. But some of those moments, almost getting out the phone, it like it almost like spoils it a little or like sours it. Like I don't even want to be on my screen. I want to like just be in it, um, which is very you know realistic. I just think you know in today's time we're also used to capturing everything to save it, and this is kind of almost going back to our you know roots pre smartphone. And, you know, just trying to be in it and trying to soak up as much of that moment as you can. And so he's singing the song and I just start kind of relaxing me because I was so freaking tired. I was just laying there, you know, and kind of just in awe staring at him. And I could only really see the back of his head. And just like, I don't know, I get like weird about kids in pajamas. Like how cute are little kid pajamas? I mean, I don't know. It's like the little designs and they just look so sweet and innocent in like a way. So I don't know. I was just like his little pajamas and his little head and his little like buzz cut, you know, his little his little hair. And it was like being illuminated kind of by these like dinosaur lights. And I was just thinking like, you know, my little four-year-old in his big boy room and in this dinosaur cove and kind of almost thinking too, like my husband and I have had a couple conversations about like, oh my gosh, could you imagine if this was my room when I was that age? Like how magical it would have felt, even though, I mean, to us, it's like a string of lights underneath like the slats of his bedboard. You know, it's nothing fancy and special, but to him, it's like, oh my gosh, like every time someone comes over, which has obviously not been much because of COVID, but you know, if my mom comes over or, you know, the second he had his room decorated, he wanted to FaceTime his aunt and uncle and show them the room and he just like thinks it's like the coolest and just looking at his little hairline and the shape of his head like you know in the outline of these dinosaur lights you know in his cute little jammies and we were just kind of snuggling up and he's reading 
the story. And I think I've mentioned before on the podcast that, I mean, the magnitude of his intelligence sometimes, I mean, not sometimes, all the time blows me and my husband away. And just the pride that we feel for who he is as a person. And that's not tied to intelligence by any means, but just, you know, when you see your kid thriving at something that they really love and enjoy and it's who they are, I think that sense of pride as a parent is so like palpable. So just, you know, he loves reading and he loves stories and just to hear his little voice reading these stories. And I was like, you know, just look at him like doing his best. You know, I just was feeling kind of some type of way about it. And then to hear him singing and his sweet little voice. And I just wish I could like, you know, as I'm saying this, I'm like, I was going to say, I wish I could record it and like bottle it up. But then I was thinking, this is like, I don't know if this is borderline creepy, call the authorities. I was thinking like, what if I just had him like go to Build-A-Bear and like record his voice, <laughs> like put it in like a stuffed animal for me? Like, I don't know. That's kind of strange, but my birthday is coming up in November. So um, just that little kid voice, you know, that little sweet voice that, you know, one day, especially with, you know, a boy, I'm like, one day he's going to be a man. It's going to be a deep voice. And just hearing him sing it. And he was like trying to get the rhythms right because he was, I know he was replaying the way it was sounding from the audiobook in his head. And I just was like, what a sweet moment, you know? And I think it ties into him turning four and going to pre-K and all these things because I know I've said it. I know everyone else says it. I know it's the most cliche phrase probably next to when people say, you know, when you know, you know, when you fall in love. It's like the next cliche phrase like, oh, you know, don't blink. Time flies, you know, for little kids. And I always was like, yeah, 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 okay, whatever. And then you have a kid and you're like, oh, holy shit, like really though? It's like somehow their face is the same, but then one day you like blink and you're like, wait, did you just like size up out of like your clothing? Like it's weird how you can like hold them in such a baby face and like such innocence, but then when you stop and you really look at them and not just like, you know, glance over or know that they're there, but like really connect and look at them. You're like, you're so much older and you're so much more capable and you're so interesting. And that feeling of like kind of getting to know them on their own terms, who they are as a person and not just like this idea of like your baby. I don't know. It was like this kind of interesting check-in moment I had last night. And so a couple of thoughts with that was, I was like, okay, I want to, I really want to soak this all in, you know, like be present. So I was like telling myself as he's reading, like, listen to the words, listen to the story. And it was an interesting like role reversal because I think about this often. Like when I read books to him at night, he doesn't have anything else. To, I mean, that's presumptuous, I guess, but he doesn't have anything that like adults would have to think about. Like he's not thinking about bills or work or things. Like he's like truly in the story. Like he's truly like asking questions about the story and like concerned with like, you know, you know, is that, you know, Hippo really playing the flute, you know, like in this book, you know, and it's just interesting that when he watches a movie, like he's watching the movie and fully in it. And I think there's so many times as adults, especially as busy parents, and I'm even speaking from a place of privilege. You know, we are 
middle class white, you know, family. I have a, a partner that's involved and helps me. So, you know, my burden is maybe even less than somebody in, you know, a lower income, a person of color, a single parent, um, somebody who, you know, is struggling with disability or health concerns. Like, so I, I'm coming from all this also from a place of privilege, and I do realize that, but how often I'm able to, like, just, you know, go away in my own head, even though I'm sitting right next to my child, and I'm not watching the movie, I'm not listening to the story, and I think it was like this kind of like, you know, call to action and reflection on myself of like, I wanted to be present. I wanted to soak in this sweet moment. And I was like, okay, Amy, be present. Listen to the story. You be, you know, the listener and let him be the teller this time, you know, the role reversal and tune in and, you know, and I was trying to make that memory in my head and soak it all in the visual, the sound, everything. And then in that same moment, like not even exaggerating, I go from that thought and then I would catch myself thinking about, you know, tomorrow or, okay, he's going to school tomorrow. We got to do this tonight. You know, oh, I want to throw in that load of laundry later. And and I had to, to very quickly like keep shifting because I'd be like, oh, come on, get back here, listen to the story. And, and it's, I don't know, I guess it was just this weird moment of, noticing how quickly my adult brain jumps from presence. And even in a moment that I want to be in, I'm not trying to avoid, I'm not trying to go into fight or flight and like, and and leave this moment. I'm trying to be present and how quickly I, you know, am distracted in my adult brain or in my like anxious brain, my little hamster wheel of thoughts that spiral, even just like, you know, oh, let me look at his little hair outline in the light. Oh, yeah, those lights, you know, oh, should I get another string of lights? Where did I order those from? Like, I mean, that's literally the way it went. And it was like, whoa, how quickly we almost like miss the good stuff sometimes. And that's not to say even the hard stuff, like I know with um, upbringing.com or .co that I follow and love so much, they always say the hard stuff is the good stuff. And that's what I was going to say too. It's not even about these perfect moments. It's even like in these struggles that give us the best lessons. How quickly we leave our mind and we're, we're not in it. We're not in our feelings. We're not in the present moment and how different that can be from our children who they don't have a smartphone to go scroll Instagram. They don't have, you know, the worries that adults have and how wonderful for them, but also they're fully in each moment and how refreshing that can be. And how can we like almost adapt to that and try to be the same for them and with them? And because they're not able to distract maybe in the same way adults are, how much are they watching us distract? right? Like I'm, I, that was another thought. I was like, wow. Like, I mean, of course a thought I was having when I should have been listening to the story. Right. But it was like, how often do I come across as not being fully in it? And my son is very sensitive and I know he picks up on little nuances and how often does he feel that I'm next to him, but I'm not with him. And then I think about the times 
you know, for a lot of us with like small t trauma or just little negligence that maybe our parents imparted with us that was totally not intentional and they were doing their best. And even last night, it was my best, even though I kept getting distracted and having to almost like fish line or fish hook myself and reel myself back in like, all right, get back here, listen to the story. And then two seconds later, I was back out in the lake again. I had to like, you know, cast it again and and bring myself back in. Um, And just realizing that I think for so many of us, there's a common thread of not feeling seen and heard for our authentic selves. And it was kind of um, a reality check for me because I try so often to do that for my son. But maybe in these weird ways of getting in my head and not being present to hear him fully and see him fully. And in those moments, you're almost able to, you know, connect to them on their authentic level for who they are because you're presently observing it. And it was just interesting to think, am I inadvertently not, you know, showing up for him in that way? Is he going to feel that I wasn't listening or I wasn't seeing him? Because even though I was there, I was checked out. I was thinking about something different. And I think a lot of this, I don't know if you've ever tried to meditate or do yoga or anything where you're kind of trying to clear your mind. It's so interesting how the brain works and how even when you're trying to do a meditation, even a guided meditation, how quickly you can like lose that focus. And I know it happens to me all the time. And exactly that, it's a practice and it's going to be a practice, you know, forever and ever and ever. But I'm just thinking the more we can catch ourselves in these moments and maybe widen that gap of presence you know, not only will we work on slowing our brains down and taking in each moment because time is so freaking precious and, you know, these children are, are growing up so fast in front of our eyes or on the flip side of that, our parents are growing old in front of our eyes. Um, I know for me, like I, I'm, I'm very close with my dad's parents. My grandma passed away years ago, but my grandpa is still around and it's like that feeling of wanting to savor each moment because you just don't know. And it's kind of like, you know, just reminding ourselves to come back to that moment. And then in doing that, I think that can also help maybe bridge that trauma that we were maybe carrying from our upbringing, from not feeling like people are really truly hearing us or seeing us for our authentic selves. And maybe because we'll be more present with our children, we can flip that script with them and start to observe them for their, you know, autonomous selves. And I just think that it was just in that moment, you know, listening to his little voice and just thinking how precious and how quick it's going and to like hear that tiny voice now reading stories and singing along and just looking at his little body that's growing, you know, out of his next level of clothes and his cute little jammies. And just to think about how can I widen my, you know, window of consciousness to stay present for him and to 
you know, make sure that he knows that I'm invested in in this time with him so that all of a sudden I don't just wake up and he's, you know, going off to college and I can't remember what it felt like to have a four-year-old in the magic of this book nook, you know, reading me a story. And it's a process and it's a practice. And I was so, um, what's the word? Not shocked, because I'm not surprised that the human mind tries to jump around so often, and I have a very busy brain, so that certainly wasn't surprising to me. But I guess it was just that moment of a dose of reality of just like, wow, this isn't just going to happen on its own. I'm going to have to make a conscious effort for this. So I hope that you know, hearing that maybe resonates with someone out there. Maybe, maybe every day we could try to just pick one moment even if it's like the dinner table, you know, or even if it's putting our phone down for, you know, 30 minutes before bedtime and truly like getting on the floor and playing with our children. Or, you know, I know for those moms and dads out there that have infants right now, we did a lot of contact naps with my son. And by a lot, I mean literally every day until he stopped napping. (laughs) Um, And sometimes I would wish those away because I had a thousand things on my mind. But if, you know, could we just snuggle and like feel their body and listen to their breathing and, you know, any of that kind of stuff? Could we watch a movie with our kid and truly watch and not just watch the movie, but watch them watch the movie and watch the wonder in our kids' eyes? You know, I know for Michigan people, you know, it's October and... Um, the fall is such a beautiful time and there's so many cool things to do around Michigan in the four seasons. And I think, you know, making memories outside in the leaves or the cider mill or going on a scavenger hunt to find new fall colors or just stuff like that. I mean, can we just take a moment? It doesn't have to be all the time and it's a busy world and it's a busy time back to school, COVID holiday seasons coming up. And for me, it's like back to work and finding these moments, is it's going to take some time. It's going to take some planning in a way. But, you know, on the on the heels of a really busy day for me yesterday, having my son offer to read me that story was like such a gift. It made me just kind of drop all the stuff that was floating around in my mind, even for a minute before I went on to the next thought in my mind and had to, you know, reel myself back in. But it was a really nice check-in point and kind of like a nice sobering moment of like, these are the moments. These are the moments that add up to a life. And soon enough, he's going to be not wanting to snuggle. He's going to be too big for the book nook. He's not going to want to read with me at bedtime. And his little voice is going to turn into a big voice, which is going to be amazing. And I hope I'm present for those moments too, to love him through every stage of his life and be in awe of him in every stage of his life. But just that moment of gratitude to kind of sit with your kid and see them for who they are. And this translates to everything. Like I said, your parents as they're aging, your elders, your grandparents, your elderly neighbors, your, you know, people at work, your spouses, partners, best friends, you know, how can we like truly be more present so that the time doesn't feel like it's just drifting by and we're kind of in survival mode. And I know during COVID time, that's a huge ask. But I almost think finding those little five-minute connection points can really almost help us step out of that survival mode, help us kind of realize that like life is still going on and I want to connect with it. I know sometimes I find myself 
not like looking, like like truly looking physically at like my husband's face or at my son's face. Like over the summer, I was like, looked at my son and I was like, oh my God, he has freckles. And I don't know why I didn't notice them popping up, you know? And um, those are the times where you're like, how often do I really like look at somebody? You know, how often do I see them and like look at their smile and look at their face. And I think it's just been a really interesting kind of thought. It's something that I think about often, but last night it just really felt like a, I don't know, like a call to action that I felt like I wanted to share with everybody because I know we can all use that reminder. And again, some people are not as privileged to have all this time or to be in a place that they're able to do, you know, this these connection points. But even if it's a minute driving in the car, having a conversation instead of just listening to music, things like that. I just think there's little ways that we can can start to bridge the gap between kind of floating through the days and being in our head. And I know for those like myself who have anxiety, that's a very hard thing because that's pretty much where we live with our anxiety is in our head and in the future all the time. But maybe this can kind of help us step out of our own way and step off that hamster wheel for a hot second and just be. So hopefully that resonates with somebody. I think if we all can pick a a spot to start small, you know, we can kind of widen that window of tolerance for ourselves to be there for the people that we love. Um, I found a little quote that I want to kind of close with. It's on an account on Instagram that's synergy.parenting. And first of all, I love so much of what that account offers. So if you're just looking for inspo, a cool account to follow, absolutely give them a follow. Um, I might even reach out to see if the woman that runs it wants to do an interview or something. I just think that she's full of great tidbits and wisdom that could be really beneficial. Um, But this one says, no parent is always conscious, gentle, peaceful, connected, and authentic. We have to choose to be and practice moment by moment, day after day. The more we practice, the stronger we grow. A daily reminder, be gentle with yourself, be gentle with your children. Parenthood can be tough. Childhood can be tough. We keep experiencing new things and need the practice to improve. You're doing the best you can. Your children are doing the best they can. We're never going to be perfect, but we can always practice being more conscious, gentle, peaceful, connected, and authentic. I think that's a really great reminder that no one's going to get it right all the time. And especially like even on this platform for myself, I hope you all realize I don't have a degree in this. I'm just a mom doing the best that I can. And as much as I have moments of feeling like a rock star that I got it right, I have so many moments of going, what the hell am I doing? What does my kid need from me? Oh my God, Tom, take over. I have to go out of the room before I lose my cool. Happens to me all the time. Happens to anybody all the time. We're human. So please realize that the people that are on these platforms, we are not some kind of, you know, unicorn person, you know? Everyone's going through it. We're all in this together. And that's kind of what life is. It's that ebb and flow. And everyone needs the lessons on both sides of that coin, you and your child included. Everybody's always doing their best. 
I think we need to give ourselves grace at the same token, give our children that same grace. They are also doing their best. And just as we are not perfect parents, they're not perfect children, whatever that even means. You know, they might know better and choose to do something off the wall one day because they're human and maybe they're stressed out. Maybe they're going through it too. So I think this is just a really good reminder that we're all human. No one's perfect. But the most that we can do is call ourselves back, reel ourselves back in to the person we want to be. You know, I just picture like a fishing line. Just reel that back in and get back onto the dock. You know, come back to yourself. Come back to the way you want to show up for your children. Come back to being present in the moment. Look for those five senses. What can I taste? What can I smell? What can I see? What can I hear? What can I touch? Try to be present with your child. Try to soak in those moments so life just doesn't, you know, pass you by. You don't want to wake up one day and wish you saw your kid in a more authentic light and, you know, wish that you had more time. And I think it's just a really good reminder that we are doing the work and it's hard, but we can keep growing and keep becoming the parent and the person that we want to be for our children. And it's not about getting somewhere and I did it and now I'm done. It's literally going to change at every stage of your life, in every season of life, new job, new house, new you know, family struggle, new vacation, new grade level, new milestone for your child. And I think the most we can do is just keep checking in and keep showing up and keep growing and being there all together for our children. So hope this resonates with somebody. Hope you're feeling it. Hope this helps you today connect. Please reach out. DM me on Instagram at grow.up.ig. Write me a message as short or as long as you want. If you don't want it right on the air, that's cool. For those of you that know me in real life and you're like, I want to reach out, but I also don't want Amy to know my personal life, I promise you I'm not judging. And if you don't want me to read anything on the air, that is totally fine too. I just really love connecting with everybody. And sometimes hearing your stories gives me this inspiration about where to show up for everybody that's in this community. So if you want to write me an email at thegrowuppod at gmail.com, please do that. And I'm just looking forward to talking to you next time. So keep doing the work, keep growing up. You've got this and I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.